Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Directed by Akiva Schaefer, Chippendale Rescue Rangers is the live-action animated action-adventure comedy film based on the characters Chippendale and the subsequent animated TV series of the same name. The movie is out now on Disney+, Plus. but if you haven't seen Chippendale Rescue Rangers yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our review. We will be talking spoilers. The film stars John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as the voices of Chippendale, respectively. And this is a co-production between Walt Disney Pictures, Mandeville Films and The Lonely Island, which Akiva Schaefer and Andy Samberg are a part of. Jason, you have the plot. Chip and Dale are living amongst cartoons and humans in modern-day Los Angeles. Um, it has been decades since their successful television series was cancelled, and Chip, voiced by John Mulaney, has succumbed to a life of suburban uh, domesticity as an insurance salesman. Dale, voiced by Andy Samberg, meanwhile has had CGI surgery and works the nostalgia convention circuit, desperate to relive his glory days. When their former castmate Monty mysteriously disappears, Chip and Dale must repair their broken friendship and take on their rescue rangers detective personas once again to save their friend's life. I remember when this film was first announced, I'm like, great. Screaming Disney Plus. I used to watch the animated series in the 90s. I've always liked it. And I mean, this film ended up being so far removed from what I thought it was going to be. But I mean, hey, it's a good time, isn't it? it and it, if you're not enjoying the plot, just sit and enjoy the cameos. There is there is so <laughs> much, so much happening in this movie. But that original TV show, I love that theme song so much and when i did the introduction there and i said chippendale rescue rangers it took everything i had not to sing the song and i was surprised you didn't sing the song either uh, literally so just then in my head I, I did it like three times because you kept saying chippendale i was like oh. <laughs> it, it's hard it's hard but like like you the idea like when this was announced i was like okay like was i excited i'll admit no um what I thought this was going to be was, you know, we're going to see the character, you know, the characters again, they're, they're back. It's going to be a, you know, a feature length adventure. They're going to go do some stuff, save the day, you know, just like that, just like the show. Um, you know, they, they, they did a, they did a new, they did a new version of the, of the show, didn't they? In recent years. Is that correct? Or did I make that up? No, there's no, no. Chippendale rescue Rangers went for three seasons Recently, there's a Chippendale Park Life animated right, series and that's the, on Disney Plus. A little bit different, though. A little bit different. I think I'm thinking it's of DuckTales. It was DuckTales that came back, right? Right. Yeah. DuckTales came back, and David Tennant voiced Scrooge McDuck in the revival. Is also in this movie. Many cameos. But yeah, they redid DuckTales, but not Rescue Rangers. It's still just those... So- Three seasons. Yeah. So besides Chip and Dale as like the, the characters, as the little chipmunks sort of appearing here and there and obviously doing some other little things, the actual Rescue Rangers thing has been dormant. And again, I was thinking this movie is just going to be a revival of that, a reboot kind of thing. 
But I mean, holy shit, was I completely wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it was that first trailer that sort of, you know, that kind of announced that it's like, look, this is something different. But even then I was still like, what is this actually? It's like they're, they're, this, we're set in the real world. They're, Chip and Dale are, are actors, you know, like they have real like human voices. And then when they're in the show, they have the squeaky chipmunk kind of thing that they're doing. It's a performance. Um, so again, I look, I was going into this, I was still getting my head wrapped around about like, what actually is this? I've got to say, like, I'm so delighted at what it actually ended up being. It's madness. It's madness and it's a lot of fun. I mean, that's perfect. Madness and a lot of fun. That very much sums it up. I mean, I remember before we, I mean, before we knew what it was going to be, before we got that first trailer, we got the casting of John Mulaney, and Andy Sandberg, and we even talked about it on the podcast, questioned it even. What is the point? Because the chipmunks, the the speech is always sped up, more high-pitched. What's the point in getting Sandberg and Delaney if you're not even going to know that it's, that it's them? But like you say, that's just the part they do when they're playing the characters. I said yeah. Delaney. I meant Mulaney. I got mixed up with <laughs> Rob Delaney, I think. John Mulaney, Andy Sandberg. There you go. Chippendale. But even, you know, like, again, like, we got that first trailer and it was like, oh, okay, we're going to actually hear them speaking. We're going to hear their voices. But even then, I still had my reservations. Andy Sandberg, you know, like, is always a delight. But his voice can be sort of, I guess, like, just passed by as, you don't necessarily, at least for myself, I don't recognize it unless I'm like listening out for it. Then I'm like, okay, now I can hear Andy Sandberg. But the other guy, now you've got uh, Rob Delaney in my head. Um, <laughs> John Mulaney. John Mulaney. His voice is so distinct that I can't help is, but yeah. either hear Spider Ham or that kid from Big Mouth. Like it's, and that's that was a struggle. At least a, th- a struggle I thought I was going to have. But after about 10 minutes, it, all of that was gone and I just heard this new interpretation of, um, of Chip, which is... I think that it, it could be work. because there is so much going on at all times. You can't help but just be sucked in. Mm. You have to just think, right, you know what, I'm just going to go with this. Yeah. I mean, this movie is the closest we've ever come to a sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And he's also in this movie. It's almost like it's set in the same world. Like, because this is a world of animation mixed with humans, but like every, everything just sort of exists in the same. I don't know. It I does, mean, but I, yeah. Tonally, but, though, I, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it just seems, if we're going to do comparisons, it just seems neater like more polished and i think having it be a period set film as well he just sets it apart from this whereas it just seems more measured in who's going to appear and i know it was this big thing back in the day between warner brothers and disney mickey i think mickey mouse bugs bunny had to have the same amount of screen time there was something built into the agreement but it just seemed less is more think with who framed roger mm-hmm. rabbit this movie though 
No. I mean, it's it's insane. It's insane. I mean, people went into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and some people walked away complaining, not enough cameos. Watch this. I mean, the, wow. The thing is, I mean, I, I can't I, even. I, I mean, I don't think either of us between us. I feel, I feel bad that I'm going to once again bring us back to this other movie that we really should stop talking about, but Space Jam, A New Legacy. I mean, one of the main criticisms I had for that movie was the fact that that movie just threw a whole bunch of cameos, IPs, um, basically saying, hey, we're Warner Brothers and this is these are the things that we own, essentially saying, uh, sign up to HBO Max where you, <laughs> all our content's on there. Like these are characters you can relive and you know get to know again. The way that movie handled doing something like throwing a whole bunch of like characters from different you know different intellectual properties and stuff like felt icky and like just like a dirty marketing kind of like ah, a cameo for the sake of it. And I feel a little bit like a hypocrite because in this movie we are just getting cameos for the sake of cameos. There's a lot of, I mean, I'm going to say like 90% of these cameos have no impact in the story whatsoever. However, it's kind of like the way it's handled. And I think the fact that it's not just all Disney cameos, but we're getting just animation across the board and not just Disney and But that's the big difference. Or Marvel or stuff. It's, 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 Warner Brothers and Looney Tunes and God knows what. Like, I mean, we could go. We'll go through a whole DreamWorks. Bunch later, like, yeah, it's crazy. But that was the thing, though. <laughs> I mean, you say you walked, you walked away from you know Space Jam: A New Legacy, and it felt like an ad for HBO Max. Well, you've said it. It was all Warner Brothers content. This this was like, I mean, like there's the satire element of it where it's like, look, we are we're sort of poking fun at a lot of different like animated characters. There's also the nostalgia element that's coming into it, which can be mishandled, you know, if it's if it's not done right. But then at the same time, it's almost like a big celebration of animation from all, all walks, different mediums, different types of animation, you know, not just the same clean cuts. We're talking like anime, um, uh, you know, adult animation, just, just all sorts, CGI, CGI from different eras. Like they, there's something about this that, just is completely different so i just want to put it out there even though like we can sit here and knock a movie for throwing cameos that make no sense at us this is doing that but it, it's it feels different but it makes sense because they all live in this world and they they're actors so it does <laughs> yeah it just makes sense but the thing that for me though is how how have they been able to do this? That's like, how have they yes. been able to get the permission? I, I mean, want to know the Comic-Con story scene behind me too, the me too, movie. because it's so much. I mean, there's a comic book scene or a comic con scene, should I say, where there's somebody wearing a Ghostbusters t shirt, blinking, you'll miss it. How are they? How are they doing all of this? They've got a Batman v ET movie. <laughs> In this it's Disney crazy. Plus movie that they that they've and made, there's so it's many. Crazy. There's so many blinking you'll miss them. I mean, yes, there's the obvious ones, but blinking you'll miss them. There is there's a scene 
where Chippendale are walking outside and behind them on the wall, there is spray paint and it's being confirmed online. The spray paint scene is from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Miles is walking past that same spray paint. That's mental. It, it really is. Like, I mean, it's like they've literally just written into the script everything they want to appear and they must have been thinking that, okay, maybe we can't do this. Maybe we can't do that. Let's have a backup plan. <laughs> but they, I mean, they must have had everything approved because everything seems to be in that movie. I mean, how about that great Seth Rogen moment during Comic-Con? His character in the movie, Bob, he's oh, the old CGI the... guy that, yeah, with the eye line. Yeah, but he's tripped up by Chippendale. When he lands on the floor, he looks up to see Pumbaa from The Lion King. Yep. Um, Mantis from Kung Fu Panda is sat on his tusk. Bob from Monsters the Aliens then steps into shot. All four characters being played by Seth Rogen. <laughs> I mean, it's and that's DreamWorks, Disney. I mean, Kung Fu Panda, that's DreamWorks as well, isn't DreamWorks, it? But it's yeah. like, how... I mean, yes. How did this happen? I'd love to see. You know, we get all those like one-hour making ofs for all the MCU shows (laughs) and movies. Give me one for this. I'd love, like, just give me a behind-the-scenes of making this movie because just the licensing. I'm so interested in how they got it all approved. It's just someone making phone calls and just doing their just. Doing a great job, just oh, <laughs> you know what? sending baskets of fruit. How, like, who knows? How have we been talking this long and neither of us have mentioned Ugly Sonic? My I mean, God. <laughs> hilarious. The human teeth. <laughs> I just love how, like, just perfectly, they, they, they're capturing... Just the horror and uh, and the humor behind what all of that is, like oh, the teeth, the the zooming in, the focusing. The, oh man, and just like Ugly Sonic is the best. It's just the best. I mean, I'm glad they didn't use that design, but yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, it works brilliantly. In, in this movie, and not just a gag at the beginning, like he comes back, he's actually a part of the movie. Yeah. And again, it's like that's paramount. Like, what, like, what is I don't know, man. This is crazy. Like, and it was a and it was a, a failed design by Paramount. <laughs> that's a gag in this Disney movie. Yeah. But again, it's like it's 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 not a nasty joke. It's not like, yeah, like he is complete garbage. Like they actually kind of make Ugly Sonic very likable and fun because he is kind of rubbish. <laughs> like, but it, again, it's sort of it's a celebration of him. He's cool. And it's a it's a funny gag. And when you see him again, you're like, yes, he's back because you had such a good time with him. Only a few scenes earlier. Like, oh, it's his, it is nuts. I feel like we are getting bogged down straight up with all the um with all the cameos and stuff. But I, I suppose like it is such a big part of this movie, just the fact that there is so much satire behind it all and all of that sort of intertwined. It's crazy. And I guess on okay, we well, can, yeah, we, I mean, yes, I think we should maybe move on. Uh, we might talk cameos again. It's hard not to, because I mean, this movie more than any other movie has so many cameos. 
I mean, we've talked, or I think you've mentioned the plot, the bootleg plot. So essentially what's happening, you've got this bad guy, Sweet Pete. And I thought, honestly, based on the, the trailers, it wasn't actually going to be Peter Pan. But, I mean, it is Peter Pan, isn't it? It's an older Peter Pan who's now a bad guy and goes by the name Sweet Pete. I have come across well, quite a bit of negativity it's, online it's, about that. because the actor who played yes. Peter Pan, <laughs> who outgrew, obviously, who grew up because... I suppose Neverland isn't actually real, so he yeah. But aged. how he's portrayed, and he kind of yes, he got left behind. It sounds like there's some parallels to what happened to the real life actor who voiced Peter Pan oh, in okay. the first movie. Okay, then it does. Get yeah, so that's where the that's where the negativity has come across. But you're right. Yes, when I'm saying the real Peter Pan, yes, he was the real, he was the actor that played Peter Pan in the movie. In the movie, those yeah. parallels have been made in real life, so there's been quite a bit of negativity around that. But voicing Sweet Pete, we've got Will Arnett, and he always delivers, doesn't he? Every time, every time. The standout, I think, um, besides obviously like you know Chip and Dale, we're talking all the other like the bad guys. At, oh, I suppose this is the you know a reveal. But Captain Putty, J.K. Simmons, I mean, straight away you hear J.K. Simmons' voice. I mean, he looks like Gumby crossed with Commissioner Gordon. It's, it's madness, the moustache, the, the lack of hair, and then he has hair. Oh, it's weird. Um, you know how we've been talking about, like, a Play-Doh movie and, like, how, like, what could that be? This is, this is, it's nuts. I think this is, a, this is an example of, like, they could have some fun with Play-Doh and yeah. plasticine and stuff. Like, um, Captain Putty is a... Interesting character, just in what he what he does. Um, much like uh, again, again, we're talking like sort of the parody side of, of things. He's revealed that he is the uh, you know the big bad of the one pulling all the strings. It's like, yep, yeah, that's uh, that's in line with the show. That's that's about it. The obvious the obvious answer is usually the one that is it. So oh, yeah, I enjoyed seeing J.K. Simmons or hearing him. I should say. Yeah, I thought it was great. They got a bit with him where he's he's checking for clues. And was it Prince? He put his hand down and he just cut off the clue. Yeah. Uh, kind, of, he... kind of disturbing, but yeah, like interesting, <laughs> fun, funny, funny. <laughs> you know, an actor that I didn't pick at all, as Monterey Jack, Eric Banner, completely missed I that thought... it was Eric Banner. Now... Now thinking back, of course it is, but I watched it with the wife and kids and she's like, is that Brian Brown? I'm like, I'd be surprised if it was, but it just sounded like him. <laughs> I mean, it just sounded like someone doing a bad Australian accent, which, I mean, Eric Banner might have been putting it on a bit, but... <laughs> oh, you think? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure he doesn't sound like that normally. Um, I mean, he's yeah, doing but- the... He's- Doing the character, so yeah, he's really playing it on thick. But it's it's the right choice, isn't it? If you're going to have a, a, a really over the top Aussie accent, get an Aussie to do it. <laughs> and yeah, and then you can't you can't yeah you can't knock it. One um one voice um that I thought was a was a good pick. Um, Tres McNeil as um as Gadget, obviously not the original um, voice actor. 
but like uh, Trace McNeil had like I mean she literally is doing the voice that she pretty much does the majority of the time whether you see her in like the Simpsons or Futurama and stuff like that or as like uh, I think she is she Daisy Duck <laughs> I think she's Daisy Duck in, in stuff um she's pretty much just doing that voice but it it works for Gadget really well so I think that was a good a good choice and what they've done there they haven't gone for a you know you know we, we've talked about like oh, you get, like, the biggest stars and put them in your animated movie, have them do the voice. They, like, trust me, Neil, they've gone for a voice actor to do a thing, and it actually works. It works really well. So I'm really pleased that one. Yeah, me too. But, like, that other thing you were just talking about there, that's literally what they've done in all the other casting <laughs> that we've talked well, about. Forget you. So far, you know, getting... Yeah, they went for... No, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. But I, I mean, were you shocked at the reveal that Gadget and Zipper have a family. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, it's weird. But I mean, of course, we're. I know it's animated and they did yeah. it in Shrek with Donkey <laughs> and the Dragon. <laughs> it's best not to look at the mechanics of it because then things get weird. But I suppose, like, I guess the joke is, you know, like there's always like a behind the scenes sort of relationship with like between actors and stuff like that. So I guess that's what they've done here. And, it's nice that it's like you know they've actually they're still together because i guess like the go-to would have been oh they were together but now they're not and there's drama but it's like no they've got a family and many 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 kids um which is which is nice I, again the mechanics are are, are messy because it's like that's it's strange but look it's it's it, the weirder thing is that zipper has a voice like that's that's the weirdest part. In a deep I, voice. In a, <laughs> a deep, deep voice. voice. Too. I was almost like, oh man, did they get Idris Elba for this guy as well? <laughs> like a go-to deep voice. Obviously, it wasn't him. Well, not even didn't even sound like him. Uh, Dennis Haysbert. Are you familiar? Is he someone, or is he just a voice actor? I'm not familiar, to be honest. But I was just like thinking. Obviously, we were moving a bit away from the cameos, but talking about all these animated cameos. Just sat watching this movie, and then all of a sudden, hey, it's live action Paul Rudd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? As, I mean, as it's Paul Disney. As Paul Rudd, it um, it tracks. So we get to see Vin Diesel also making a cameo. And who was it? Meryl Streep as Mister Doubtfire. Oh yeah, that was an early one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like yeah, all the movie posters. That's yeah. Very weird. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a there's a human character in this, or a human actor, I should say, Kiki Lane, who is uh, Detective Ellie Steckler. So I feel like if we are going to be talking about all the characters and the people that are appearing, we we probably should point out maybe like the what is she like third top billing? Probably not even, but I feel like she's the third main character. Yeah, so she in this movie. she was the character that they started to suspect. I guess we're supposed to suspects that some of the things that she was saying wasn't quite adding up thinking maybe she's the big bad because she was talking about where she grew up they it was revealed that they didn't have access to the show but then she's like hey but my grandmother used to record it and send the tapes and they were suspecting it for quite a while but you know she ends up being a goodie not a not a baddie although i did see online afterwards where she said she grew up and they didn't have access to the show, apparently it was available there. So, I don't know. <laughs> Just Maybe I still don't trust her. 
<laughs> the thing is, the movie was was doing things, and I wasn't sure. I was like, okay, is this movie really lazy with its like, you know, setting up the clues for the reveal, or are they trying to misdirect? And I was like, okay, I haven't worked out what direction this movie was going in. So I was like, okay, it's either gonna be her or it's not. So at the end of the day, I was like. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> purely because, you know, you had Chip and or Dale, I can't remember which one, basically, you know, calling her out for things. But then I was like, are these characters just like completely off? Or I don't know. So I, I just found myself caught in a conundrum there. But I guess it wasn't really important <laughs> because it wasn't here anyway. That was you know, my I was, I was saying of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I was saying that I used to watch Rescue Rangers back in the day. It wasn't until this movie that I can now tell the difference between Chip and Dale. Like, Same. honestly, Same. back in the day, I wouldn't have been able to wear his now because of this movie. And it's really easy now. <laughs> Dale has the red nose. There you go. Ah, so Chip's it's, got a black nose. It's the, you know what? It's only, it's only now that I know which, like that they actually have two different colored noses. I wouldn't have, I mean, it's it's the it's the Indiana Jones outfit and the um, is it Magnum PI? The Magnum PI. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean that's the difference, not the bloody nose. I know there, I now know there is a difference, but but yeah. outside of the show, they don't wear clothes. That's that new show, Park Life, that I was talking about earlier. They're just chipmunks. Fur, oh right, but so the you... nose is the difference. Ah. But something that they that has always happened, and even in the the posters for this movie so it always goes chip and dale like that's the name mm. chip is always on the left and dale on the right so it's there for you like they've been laying it out for you for years they've been showing you which one's chip which one's dale but spending so much time with them in this movie then yes like you know i, <laughs> I was know, able yeah. able to make the distinction you mentioned what they're wearing both of them funny enough what those outfits have in common is Tom Selleck, who famously played Magnum PI, but he also auditioned in the outfit for Indiana Jones. So that is the actor, I guess, that connects them both. But there's that fun gag in the movie where Chip wants a disguise and he dresses up as Indiana Jones. And, of course, everybody recognises him as Chip. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good gag. We got it in the trailer, but it's I in know, the movie yeah. too. It's, it's, a, it's a good gag. I feel like that that definitely would have given me a bigger laugh if I was experiencing that in the movie. But I mean, that's uh, you know can't discredit the movie too much for for that. It's all good. We should talk about the um, like the CGI like makeover aspect in this world that that they've got. So what are they like the CGI surgery? I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's not just Dale Blue. Has also had it from the Jungle Book, and he just looks like a bear. Well, he had—I guess he had more of a um, like a live-action kind of. <laughs> well, I guess he's still animated, right? I can't remember. Was the Jungle Book live-action or was it all animated? I forget. Which one? I mean, obviously the original one was two D animation, but then the John Favreau one was three D animation. Favreau did Jungle Book before we did The Lion King, so yeah. it's a similar kind of thing so when you like, see seth rogan's pumba that's kind of like seeing blue from the jungle book yeah it's weird but i always found it weird that 
Baloo from Jungle Book was also the pilot in Tailspin. Remember that show? That well, Tail- yeah, the- well, Tailspin was, was the Jungle Book characters as like pilots. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's it. Yeah, they it were was, all in that show. Much like the uh, much like the 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 gadget and and zipper relationship. Just don't look into it too much. Don't think about it too hard at all because it makes no sense. But it's fine. It's fine. It's just a it, talking about the you know the CGI surgery. It did give a definite distinction. Like a look that this movie has that that original series didn't have. I remember CGI one one 2D. So visually, it was very interesting. And the animation style, I mean, this movie, I think, if you're going to say, it's all of them, it seems. It's all the animation styles. And some side-by-side, side, I don't think it quite works, but you just accept it and you and you go with it. But it's it's very interesting to look at. Pretty think, much at all times. I thought that I was going to have an issue with seeing, you know, like these two characters that are predominantly side by side throughout the whole movie, one in 2D, one in the, in the 3D CGI. I was like, how is that going to work? It's just going to be mind melting. I feel like because they're constantly surrounded by different types of animation and um, you know other things going on, I, you just get lost in it. I, I feel like it works. It, it, it yeah, absolutely works for it me. It wasn't yeah. a distraction, and somehow, just in some crazy way, it, it was believable that they were existing. And I'm like, if that's not a like a giant praise on how this movie worked with all of the different animations and how its animation came together, I was like, I believed the craziness and then all the weird animation made characters in this movie were real like that's it, it all there was life to it all which was nutty all right let's just do let's just do what i think we really we really are here for and just to go through some of just the crazy like references cameos characters that pop up so i mean like again we're talking about like a celebration of animation the satire of of, of all these things there's a plot within this that you mentioned before about like, you know, like these characters are being pretty much kidnapped and they're being bootlegged. So they're, they're, they're being manipulated and altered and changed. So, you know, like they can put out these, these ripoff versions of, of these, of these beloved movies. So we, we get a lot of characters sort of popping up throughout this movie, whether they've been altered bootlegged versions of them or, the legit actual versions or the ugly Sonic version um, of things. There's a lot of Disney. There's a lot of non-Disney. What are some of the the ones that stood out to you that you were just either surprised you or, I mean, again, we, we, we've already mentioned like a whole bunch from different animation studios and movie studios and stuff that, again, are blowing my mind. But what stood out to you as ones that were like, what the hell? Never thought in a million years I'd see those or that character. Well, I've mentioned... Already, Batman V E T. I mean, that's uh, that's definitely up there. But early in the movie, at the Comic Con, we see Tigra, who is modelled after her appearance in the Avengers United They Stand animated series. I mean, that's very specific, pretty <laughs> random. I mean, that show ran for one season only. I've never seen it. I know of it. I know it's available on Disney Plus. 
But it was just, I don't know, yeah, really random seeing that particular take on the character from that show. Mentioned already Scrooge McDuck, you would expect to see him, but it was nice having David Tennant reprising his role. He-Man, Skeletor, I mean, they're, they're in this movie. I mean, there is... Yeah, other than they, I mean, have a, they have a conversation and, and an exchange, and Skeletor, you know, like does his crazy, like ah. it's it's not, you know, at, at the start of this movie, when I was still like just working out what the hell is this, you know, like we were seeing sort of animation size, you know, like we'd see a car with like you know eyes and and, and a facial expression, so it's sort of like, oh, okay, that's like a Pixar cars car, but not necessarily an actual character you'd see a yellow character with big white eyes you know and a black outline and you're like oh is that like a that's a simpsons character like what is happening but it's not actually a character you recognize as the movie progresses we're suddenly we're actually seeing the legit characters and it started to freak me out a little bit because we are getting weird things things that are just so surprising like stan uh not stan but randy marsh from south park in this disney Plus movie about Chippendale. We've got a yeah, cameo that was, from a South Park character. Yeah, that is, that is a weird one. And do you know what? I watched this with my wife and kids. And yeah, I mean, I knew who that was. My kids don't know South Park, so they're, they're not going to recognize that. But I just remembered the first, the first time I yelled out, it happened a couple of times until I realized that my wife really wasn't interested in me doing that. But the first thing that I yelled out like, caught me by surprise. I just shouted, there's a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was nobody else in the room was as interested as I was in that fact. But that was, I guess, that was the first one that really caught me by surprise because you introduced to this like Disney live action animated hybrid, and it's you know, you, like you say, you've got the car for me, it's from Cars or another animated thing, but then a transformer was just sat there. I'm I mean, like, oh, speaking of speaking of hybrids, like you know, if we jump to the end where you know Sweet Pete gets um you know he gets zapped and you know he gets mutilated and stuff like that, and suddenly it's like you see him emerge from the shadows and he's got this woody leg, and then he's got a transformer leg, and I can't even remember what else he had attached to him, but you know he was an amalgamation of all these weird things. It's like I think that's the that's the epitome of this film. It's like, wow, all this stuff is just thrown together and it's like, this is a beast. But again, like there, there's, <laughs> there's just some, some crazy, I, I think the, the first, I mean, me and my wife were watching this, like she was like, this movie's hurting my head. Like there's so much going on. What's happening. I think the first time I yelled out, like, you know, in surprise of a character was, I don't know why, but like Doc McStuffins, just questioning it, like, was that Doc McStuffins? <laughs> and then sort of bewildered at myself for knowing who Doc McStuffins was. Like, I mean, there's... My so kids many... like that show. So yeah, they they <laughs> noticed her. So yeah, some things like that just fits within the world of Disney. But and then Randy there's just weird, then there's just weird no. shit, like, <laughs> the, like the cats from the oh, yeah, movie. The, yes. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> just in the alleyway. <laughs> just in the alleyway. You know, like, but then there's there's some more like subtle ones, like, and especially when you're at that sort of comic book convention thing, you know, there's there's people, you know, cosplayers dressed up. Whether you count them as as actual 
you know, like cameos and maybe not so much, but it's still references and stuff. You know, you see it's like a reference. A, yeah, you see like an Ash Ketchum from like Pokemon and and things like that. You know, um, it, it, it's nutty. It's nutty. The Darkwing Duck. I can't remember where this was, but was this at the end? What is it? Was it? Was there a mid credit scene? I remember Darkwing Duck at some point, and it was towards the end, and it made me. It made me happy. You know, I was looking up information on this movie afterwards, and what I did find. Double O Dale, which that was the reason why Rescue Rangers failed in the first place, according to this movie. Hmm. Are you gotta tell Apparently, me something. <laughs> well, it ended up being a real thing. It was gonna be double O Duck, and then it was found that the Ian Fleming estate actually owned double O, of course, because of double O seven. So they had to change the name to Double O Duck, which became Darkwing Duck. Wow. And then it comes all the way back around what? again with this movie, Double O Dale, where he's going to be essentially James Bond, but a chipmunk. That's pretty nuts. That's pretty nuts. Okay. I was almost going to, I almost used that as my trivia. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Before we um, it was pretty good. Before we finish, I think we should mention the fact that the film ends with the Chippendale title song. Only this time, Post Malone sings the <laughs> rebooted version. So that was pretty. That was pretty fun. Just getting that at the end. We got riffs of the original one throughout the movie, but just getting the rebooted version at the end was pretty cool. I did like how they used um, like footage from the show as well uh, you know like whether they're watching clips or oh there's a you know the cool moment where oh my god which one is it is it either chip or dale one of them is watching the um you know like he gets the clue from uh from ellie and then he's watching that episode he's like trying to decipher and then it's like you know it just goes off this weird tangent but still gets the result I, I, I like that. That was that was fun. And the joke at the end where it's sort of like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get a pop star to redo our theme song. It's like, yeah, but people want, you know, people want, they just want to hear the original. Oh, well. And then we get that, you know, post line <laughs> version. So it's like, okay. Yeah. And which, what, which I did like. It, I was I like, look, like... I, like, this is fun. But yeah, you're right. I wanted to see the original because it's so damn good. <laughs> but we, yeah, like you said. I we thought you was... I thought you were going to say there's that scene where they're going back. I think, is it the first episode or maybe the last episode of the shot, but it's got all the, the, the cast, they're playing out the scene as part of Rescue Rangers. But then, you know, the camera just lingers at the end of a show and they're kind of like just laughing and waiting for the tape to stop rolling. And they're almost starting to go a little bit manic because they're just <laughs> laughing over and over and over. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, and then then they call back to that joke after, like Rayleigh's like, "Oh yeah, I just want to get in on the on the on the laugh at the you know laugh with you guys." Yeah, it's it's strange. It's like, yeah, what do we do <laughs> after this? I don't. Know. There's I, there's a lot of you know, it, not just the cameos and, and all that kind of all that garbage, all that fun garbage. There's a lot of really cool like meta humor, whether you want to call it some sort of commentary on animation and. Know, like cartoon series is from like the 80s and 90s and stuff and sort of rebooting things and having comebacks there's all of that in here there's genuinely quite a lot of jokes that that land there's something clever to them 
Um, and just the overall type of humor is pretty, is pretty delightful, which is, which is cool. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because the, the cameos are really fun. And because they're going to places like Comic-Con, it makes sense. There's going to be more characters, more cosplay there. But if you strip the cameos back, if you look at the talent that are involved, like the Lonely Island guys, and you've got Sandberg, Mulaney, got such a good comedic cast. There's a really good film here anyway. So on one hand, it's like all the cameos make it more fun, but then they're also a bit of a distraction as well because, do you know what I mean? Like there's a there's a good story going throughout this movie. There's twists, there's turns, there's, you know, the dynamic between Chip and Dale, you know, the rift between them. I mean, I think we, we should rate it. Let's, yeah. um, but, let's, I think, but I think let's you're right the there, rating. Like, yeah, sorry to to kill that uh, <laughs> so much from it to there. But you're right, like it is, the cameos are a distraction. I mean, even as we went into this review, we got so held up on just wanting to talk about the cameos because they're so fun and delightful, but they're not just distracting. They're also just that they're fun and delightful, but there is so much more in this movie going. Okay. Sorry. Rating. Do I go? I go, right? You do go. Yeah. But I I'm going to lead it. Well, I'm going to stay quiet. <laughs> consider that part of it. Like, this movie is, was surprisingly so much fun. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like we shouldn't be silly and just go nuts with the rating. But look, I had a, I had a really fun time. I feel like re-watching it, I, I reckon I'll get a lot of value out of it again, especially like just doing the who did I miss, who's in the background, what's going on there. Um, but like you mentioned, like there is a genuine story behind it here, very creative how they've taken the, the spin of, you know, like this is a this is like a behind the scenes but jump forward where are they now kind of spin on the on the reboot kind of look at a property which is creative and handled well i think they delivered something more than just a you know there was almost like there's a reason and a fun interesting creative way to go about doing this reboot if that's what we want to call it um I'm just going to, I'll just come in with a very sensible four out of five. This is fun, delightful. I can't say it's a perfect movie. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. There's, there's bits and they can probably be refined down a little bit. Maybe the cameos are distracting, but again, it's fun. So yeah, I'm happily, happy to give it a four. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. Four out of five, you know, with, with the cameos, you know, they are a lot of fun. But the, the film itself, like the relationships, the plot, it all it all worked for me. There wasn't, I mean, it's quite short, really, by, you know, today's standards. I think it's just a little bit over 90 minutes. There wasn't one minute I wasn't entertained. Like, but again, like the, everything's getting thrown at you. There's always <laughs> something happening. But it, it's a movie... Disney Plus, I was able to sit down with the family and watch. And, you know, we all, you know, enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more than my wife did. But for the most part, as a family, <laughs> we enjoyed it. And being on Disney Plus, just go back and watch it again. Because like you say, there's going to be so many things that you've missed because nobody can catch it all first time around. And it's it's a fun movie. And going back to 
when it was first announced. It ended up being nothing like what I thought it was going to be. But what they've made is a funny PG movie that the family can sit and enjoy. It is, it's a good time. I'd be surprised if somebody was to watch it and just find no joy in this. There's something I think for everybody. It's a lot of fun. If that happens, if they find no joy, then they have no soul. Um, no, that's probably no. I don't mean that. But um, yeah, you're like you're right. Like, there's just so much fun to be had here. Like, why not enjoy this? And again, other movies, especially some some in the you know recent years, have tried to do something like this, but. It just hasn't worked for those films. This one seems to do it, and it has. There's, there's almost like a purpose behind why they're doing it, and that purpose yeah. kind of is just for fun. Like you know, I think a lot of why it works is that it didn't start with Disney. From what I've read, you know, the Lonely Island guys like, hey, we want to do this. We've got an idea. We want to do a Rescue Rangers movie, but here's the spin. It's not just like Disney, you know, made the Space Jam comparisons earlier. It's not just Disney saying, sell our stuff. Like, we yeah. want to promote all our stuff. So it started with the idea, at least that's how it seems. And the movie grew from there. But yeah, both of us clearly had a good time with this movie. Now, as always, we like to close out on some trivia. And looking at it now, I mean, it's factual. But I don't know if it, it's the most exciting trivia. Well, here we go. Like many cartoons of the late 80s and early 90s, the show was cancelled following the production of its 65th episode, despite being a rating success. Industry logic at the time held that cartoons were only successful for sale in syndication packages, the minimum number of which was 65 episodes so there you go no matter how successful the cartoon was back in the day as soon as they had 65 done that might explain a lot did you know what (laughs) and 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 it also this is the real reason why the show ended so it's actually pretty good trivia i'm gonna pat myself on the back well there you go that's yeah not informative i feel like now i know something and it is completely related to the context of the film in itself well so it done. had nothing to do with double o dale it was well, that they reached 65 episodes or, or double o duck <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for our review of chippendale rescue rangers please go subscribe and download this podcast on soundcloud and apple podcasts and please leave us a review it helps listeners just like you find the podcast we're on social media you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram as that film street podcast and we also have our companion shows rewind and review and sounds like comics which each have their own facebook pages if you missed it, we recently reviewed Sonic the Hedgehog 2, that's without Ugly Sonic, um, and Constantine House of Mystery. And keep an eye out for our next review, Firestarter. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. <laughs>